or good morning, or good afternoon, or evening, depending on what side of the world you're tuning in from. But welcome back to another episode of Purposely Awaken. So in our previous episodes, we had more of a lighter show where we talked, where we had, where we talked about love and inspiration with Carl Breister. And then on the previous show, um, we talked to the cast with the two of the cast members of In Broad Daylight, which aired on TV One on Sunday this past Sunday. And but it's also even though In Broad Daylight was like a film, it's ironic how um, how the synopsis of that film kind of. Kind, kind of, kind, kind of channels today's theme because in broad daylight, the synopsis of that film was circulated around domestic violence and abuse. And and today's guest, today's guest also suffered from um, years of mental, mental, physical, and sexual abuse as a as a child, and which led her. Which left her, which left her with scars, and as she, as she became, became of age, it led her to, it led her to make, it led her to make some wrong choices, and it also altered her self-esteem. So one of her, so some of her wrong choices led her, led her to serving 25 years of life. 25 years to life for kidnapping a second-degree murder. And so I guess um, Donna Hylton, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, um, like many women, Donna Donna's life before her convention, as I as I just stated, her life before her convention had been a nightmare of abuse that left her feeling alone and convinced of her worthlessness. Uh, but with her sentencing at at the young age of 19, she felt that her life was over because of her because of her mistakes. But, however, um, behind behind bars at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, um, alongside this generation's most infamous female criminals, Donna learned to fight, and then she thrived. She earned two college degrees and she became a leading advocate for criminal justice reform. And for the first time in her life, she realized that she was not alone in the in the abuse and misogyny that she experienced. And as she bonded with her new sister, she discovered that that her pain was just like their pain, especially among the inmate population. And so this also led her to after she came out, it also led her to write a book called A Little Piece of Light, A Memoir of Hope, Prison, and a Life Unbound. And in her book, she talks about the U.S. prison system and the reforms that are desperately, desperately, desperately needed to help inmates become contributing members of society unless their terms are complete. So, so in just a few minutes, you'll get to hear from John, you'll get to hear her story, and you'll also get to hear from her of how we as a community community can help kind of kind of how we can help to 
really provoke change within our legal system and justice system. Because, yeah, we talk about it. Uh, we talk about it, we write, people release, film, uh, people release films about it, but we have to do more than that. We have to do more than just talk about wanting, wanting this change. And we have to do more than than releasing films. Because we have the films, the films bring awareness. And once, as the films bring awareness, that's when it should give the community they should give the community courage to be like, okay, no, what if we all come together? Because it takes a village. If we all come together, then we then we can then we can provoke this change. Like we all have to come together, put put our issues aside, and once we put those issues aside, then we can. Then we can begin to see the change. Um, so, as long, like as long as we work together, they can't they can't break us apart. Because if there's one or two people, three people, like they're they can break an individual, but they can't break a tribe. So I don't want to go. I don't want to talk on and on because I want you. I really want you guys to hear Donna's story. So as usual, we're gonna play a little inspirational song to get your minds right. And the next voice that you will hear will be done. And also, I think the um, hopefully I gave you guys enough intro, enough intro. Like, hopefully I gave you guys a good introduction because I believe um, the recording of our interview. I believe the first like two to three minutes of the interview. Um, I don't think it recorded all the way. So the interview might skip to her inspiration of why, of how her inspiration of what started her to help other other women inmates. So after this song, you'll hear, you'll begin to hear Donna's inspiration to why she fights. So 
supposed to change? Am I supposed to change? Are you supposed to change? Definitely like an intense, like an intense and like very inspiring story. Um, oh. um so say that again. You wanted to know if like. Oh yeah. Oh yes. 
That's like, yeah, so you definitely have like a very intense and inspiring, like an, a very intense and inspiring oh. story. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank, thank you. Well, yeah, under the, yeah, under the circumstances, I mean, right. you know, you never know. People always question me, like when I'm speaking someplace or people are just meeting me, they're like, oh my God, how did you do that? How did you do that? How did you survive? Like, how, how come you're not so, how come you're not angry? How come you don't hate? How come, you know? Right. And I said, because it doesn't serve, it doesn't serve me or anyone else any good. And I was never who I was. I'm not a criminal. I've never had a criminal thought, criminal or anything. So it's not who I am. Never was. I don't, I'm not a person. I love people. I've never wanted to hurt anyone. Right. I don't focus on hurting people. I focus on love, and I focus on helping as much as I can. That was me as a little girl. No one allowed me to, be, you know, be able to form and develop naturally, and you know, and just positively, and just even humanely as a child. So, you know, this is what happens when we neglect children, and we don't think, we don't speak up, and we know something is wrong. We don't say anything. You know, we allow things like that to happen. There are many Donna Hiltons in many forms inside our prisons. Those who survived, some are on the street. You know, some, not everyone has gone to prison who has been subjected to so much trauma, you know, abuse and violence, but it is a strong determinant factor of who's in our prisons. And not saying that people don't commit crimes and people don't do anything that's wrong. No, that's not what I'm saying. I say to people, we have to look at root causes. And if we don't look at how we hurt people, we hurt children, we hurt, then we're not going to get, we're not going to get anywhere. Right. We're not going to reform anything. We're not going to change. We're not going to do, we're just not going to do it because we have to open that piece of us, our humanity. We have to allow that to come back into play. We have to hold on to our humanity and see ourselves in each other. Right. I, I agree. And then with, no. and, and then like with our, like with like our legal system, usually you hear like, you know, like everybody like usually speaking how they, like a lot of people like nowadays usually they speak on how like the legal system the legal system is flawed but then then like they're then, like they're not really doing like too much about it it's like well like what advice would you give to the community on how like we can how we can kind of start to I guess kind of like ch like change or kind of like provoke change within within the legal system kind of we talk about it yeah. It doesn't seem like. Well, one of the things. Finish. Oh yeah, cause I like it's like we talk about it, but it's like we don't really. Mm -hmm. There's not really much you not action. Really doing it, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It depends on the lens that you're looking through. It depends on what your what your focus is, right? We focus right. on certain areas, and certain areas, but we don't see progress in a whole lot of others. So one of the things I like to say is that um, the criminal legal system of incarceration, in whatever form, has become the response to everything. Has become the response to addiction. It's become the response to mental health. It has become the response to poverty. It has become the response to like we know that saying it is the new Jim Crow. I mean, it's so many of those things. Right. And so we will not be able to transform change. We won't be able to do anything if we don't again look at the root causes of why things happen, why people either do things or get caught up into things. Right. And it's not necessarily right. that everyone is guilty. No. And, you know, and it and depends on the level of guilt or, or responsibility. I mean, one of the things I like to tell people is that if you're hungry, your first instinct is to what? Eat. Right. 
imagine a person that's so poverty, that's so poverty stricken or in some dire situations that they're going to eat by any means necessary. So they're going to take the fruit off the stand if it's there and run and whatever. That's a crime, right? Right. But isn't it a crime for that person to have been so hungry that we've overlooked it? We didn't do anything about it. We have all this homelessness, right? Right. And we see a lot of mental health. We've, this is the, we have shut down so many mental health facilities in New York and, you know, in the country. I mean, we need to look at that. You, people that have a mental health condition shouldn't be criminalized or, or punished and put in some kind of punitive thing. They need to be in a treatment-like facility. That means that the person gets the treatment that they need and they also get to be removed away from people to cause no further harm if they've done any harm and not to harm themselves either, you know? And we don't look at that. We just want to throw everybody, you know, this country is turned into this, 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 like this penal colony, right? We just want to throw everybody into prison and we throw the most vulnerable oftentimes. Right now, Jeffrey Epstein is trying to work out a deal with who he'll pay $100 million for bail. He stays on home arrest and puts his mansion up and all this stuff. It's whatever, $100 million. He's willing to barter with the criminal legal system. Right, but we're talking about people like Khalif Brada who could even pay five hundred dollars bail for stealing a backpack, which he didn't even steal. Right. But we're talking about this multi-billionaire who's raped and abused and violent, sexually preyed on young girls, underage girls, girls of age, whoever. Right. Right. And what? And, and why? How is that fair? How is that okay? It is not. So if you have the money and if you're white and if you're male, why ain't that fine? A white rich man could do whatever he wants to do, right? So when we talk about the criminal legal system, because we don't even call it justice anymore, we say criminal legal because it's the legal system, not the justice system, because who's the justice for? All right. You know, justice is blind, it's serious justice. She colorblind. <laughs> 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 and she's socioeconomically blind as well. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so if we um yeah, so if we if we um if we look at that, like why is that okay for Jeffrey Epstein to be bartering to pay a hundred million dollars so he could be out and do whatever he needs to do, but we don't even consider um the regular Jane and John Doe who can't even afford five a hundred dollar bail, five hundred dollar bail, right? Right. I mean, is that right? Is that fair? Is that just? Is that, is it, or is it, is it just is law? Is it, is it inhumane? You know, is it, is it, is it, um, lopsided? Who is it just for? Who is it, who is it, um, who is it created for? Who, who are these laws, um, really created to protect? Right. The same laws that are there to, to, to basically dole out the same kind of punishment or, or whatever, justice or whatever, are the same laws that are used against people who cannot afford to defend themselves, ourselves. So, it just, it just, it just really, we have to look at that. We have to really face that and really look at it and call it for what it is. People don't like to say it. I stand in my truth. You know, I say whatever and sometimes, oftentimes, I make people uncomfortable because I call out the truth and I call out those systems and people who represent those systems that have been unfair and just and cruel and, and, and violent towards me and towards others. I call it out and people get uncomfortable with that, especially because I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color, and you know, the crime I was convicted for is um, violent crime, but that's not, that was never true, you know? But it doesn't even make a difference when, when you think about it, even if you look at it, 
we're not going we're not going crazy right now just about this Epstein case and all these other things that are going on so you know and we just need to really start looking at um alternatives as well like you know we don't need to have a response where it's criminal and, and it's punishment go around there and go around yeah so it's, it's just really crazy that, you know, we want to throw somebody in who is autistic and, and probably has, a, you know, bipolar diagnosis, you know, all these things at the same time. And I'm referencing a case that was seen up here in New York um, and send them to prison for the rest of their lives or whatever because they're feeling a bus and they, you know, they have this fixation with bus and it could be, and that's reckless endangerment, but no one bothered to test this person to find out they were autistic. Right. And had other issues from a child since they were doing it as a child. As a child. But now you want to send him away for the rest of his life with the grown man. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, and finally he just got tested because it became such a, such a high profile case basically for a moment. And so now you want to look at it and then you test him and find out, oh, so, are we still going to treat him as he's like, you know, such a horrible person? No. No one's horrible. They would all have the capacity to be better, do better, and are redeemable, you know? But we just have to do it as a community of people. Right. I Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with, like, the community, because it definitely takes, like, it definitely takes a village. I definitely, yeah, yeah I definitely agree with, uh, agree with that. And I know you also have, I know you also released, released your book. Like with, like with your book, like with your book, what do you want kind of like people to take out, take from it? What do I want people to take away from my work? Yeah, from the, yeah, from your book, and it's called A Little Piece of Light. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, I want in this moment, um, I have, um, I'm going through, um, uh, really a family tragedy. My cousin, it's a, it's a national case, um, and she McDonald was missing for over 130 days, and her body was finally, her remains were finally found Thursday, and, Aww. and, um, identified Friday, and her husband was arrested for her murder, and, um, yeah. so it's my cousin. And so she was a victim of domestic violence and alcohol, obviously, <laughs> um, so through other things. And I just want, in whatever the next step, whatever I do next, I'm always going to do it in honor of Andrew McDonald, my cousin, and all the Andrew McDonald's, male and female alike, who continue to be hurt, who continue to be violent, who continue to... Um, have their lives taken senselessly or in any kind of way because people feel that they have ownership over people and that if your color isn't my color, I, it, it gives me all, or, you know, gives me the okay to hurt you, um, to hate you, to kill you. If you, we don't believe in my religion, if you don't believe in my religion, if you don't like, you don't dress the way I dress, if you don't speak the way I speak, you know, all these things. I would, I want my wife to, to represent her and all the things that I was convicted of because that was senseless and it was wrong. And that's how I spread light, by telling the truth, by standing in my truth. Oh, that, 
<laughs> and then besides your speaking engagements, like is there anything else that you're working on? Kind of like as far as like, you know, just this reform or like any any community events? Yeah. Yeah. Well I'm working on a whole lot. Let me see if I can break it down. So I um I'm working on uh, parole reform legislation right now, which is for community supervision on the parole and the York State to get that um in your press kit I also seen like a video I think do you have I think you have like a doc a documentary do you have like a documentary coming out oh uh, my movie the movie yes. is not my movie but the, there's a movie being done um the work is in my production production but it's in the process uh right now I was my book being turned into yes uh film in whatever capacity that is they're deciding on on all that that's not me, but it is me, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> the decision, so much making and that. But yeah, gotcha. my book is being turned into a movie. Cool, awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> cool, yeah. awesome. Do you know when we, when we can expect it out? Or like, there's no there's no well, date yet, right? I know they're, they're, what they're doing right now is turning the book into, uh, uh, doing that, uh, turning into what you call, not a screenplay, but yeah, like, basically, yeah. Gotcha. Just translating the book over so it'll be adaptable for screen with whatever screen version that they put it in. Um, so, yeah. And cool. I have an agent, well, the agent who's working on that at Paradigm Talent Agency, Zach Simmons, and so and Dan Pearson, who's um, the president of a dance for entertainment. They're doing that. He has, you know, he's doing that. He has my everything. <laughs> he's cool. the reason why there's a book. He has my life rights and all that stuff, so. Yes. Cool. Awesome. And then, and then, where can how can people follow you if they want to keep up with you or like book oh, you? Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm on Facebook. It's my name. I don't hide. I'm <laughs> on Instagram. I'm my name. Twitter. I don't hide. I am all those things. LinkedIn. You know. I haven't gotten around to uh, other stuff. With it, I don't even know what some of that stuff is called. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I think I'm good. <laughs> 
one I have right now. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I have a, I have I also have a website, DonnaHilton.com. So people can always find me. Cool. And they can always get the book. It's just right. a little piece of light, and it's cool. too. It tells you how to locate me. <laughs> cool. So they can get the book from your website or from Amazon or like anywhere books are sold. Yeah, the book is the, the bookstore um, online bookstores. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Hachette, Hachette Publishing is my publisher, and so they have it um, there. Um, they can go there. They can go in most uh, book, bookstores. Um, outside of, you know, I mean, in the stores, probably. Got it. There's many ways to get it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Books, I like to go to the local bookstores. Mom and Pop say, hey. Right. I'm going to holler at And they're like, and I'm like, oh, I'm the author. Can I sign it? Or if not, oh, we're going to come back and sign it. Right. Awesome. And do you have any, do you have any book signings coming up? I do have one, I think. I gotta ask Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, people invite me in. I do have some events um, coming up September. I do have one now um, in Brooklyn, Negril UK. This Negril restaurant UK in Brooklyn. And so that's happening um, this month, I think, next week. I think so. Next week, the 24th, 25th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I have, right now, I know for sure, schedule. Um, in September, where I'm going to be at Philander University in Arkansas, and yeah, and they're going to be going to the Barnes and Noble there is going to do a book signing, host a book signing, and all these other little things. And I'm going to be the first scholar in residence mm, for awesome. their university for the criminal justice. Yeah, they're mm. doing work on that, and they want to they want to get the community engaged with the work and get to understand why it's important to be civically active, you know, civically engaged, you know, people don't understand why we need to vote, we need to vote for our own, we need to vote for people to understand me, so, cool. yeah. Awesome. And then, and then before we go, is there like any advice that you would give to kind of like the younger generation that, that's going down the path of activism? Like, do you have any advice sure. for them? Yes. Okay. Believe in yourself. Like believe in the work. Make sure that you're in it for the reasons that you want to be in it for. Not that you're following someone. If it resonates in your heart, if it touches you, it pulls you in some way, and you're like, you know, I need to speak out. Why shouldn't people have education? Why shouldn't women have sanitary um, items when they're in prison? You know, those things pull at you. Then you go for it. Never let anyone tell you that you can't fight and speak up, you know, and we welcome it. People like me who are directly impacted and doing this work, you know, I open my arms to anyone that wants to help in that way and and look for it, especially our younger generation because they're, you're, you know, you're our future. You're our future and what kind of world are we leaving to you? So, you know, I just want to really, you know, say that you know, your voices, your activism, your presence is necessary because I want to leave a world that's better for them, you know, and I want their voices to be there. How can we start, how can we argue for people and say what they need if we don't, we don't get them involved and ask them what it is they need? What are you fighting You know? Right. And I like to bring people in the table, the conversation. Let's do it together. You know, it doesn't have to be a separate thing. We're all in this together. All of us. 
so I just say just continue on if you believe in it and you feel like it's the right thing to do where you're going to do more good and there's no harm caused hey go for it absolutely go for it well awesome thank you so much Donna thank you for sharing your story with us (laughs) thank you for thank you for wanting to listen to it and thank you for all you do so how will I know or when will I know or will Desiree know Alright, so I hope you guys were um, informed and inspired. And don't forget to follow Donna um, on all social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And until next time. So we'll also leave, um, as usual, we'll leave you with another inspirational song to get your minds, to get your minds amped up and ready. I guess I'm like, just, ready to provoke change. Alright, until next time we're out.
space, a final frontier. Tune into revealing better results on EPRN. Better yet, download the exquisite podcast radio network app at app.eprn.us. Don't forget to listen to all the shows on EPRN and tell a friend to listen in at www.eprn.us.